is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about movies and TV that have aged like milk in the mind fridge of your mind. Um, today, we're doing a great one. But before I jump into that, my name is Paris Herbert Taylor. I am one of your hosts. And with me as ever is my wonderfully bold co-host, David Rogers. How's it going? <laughs> you always mention how you don't have hair. So today I'm doing that. I'm taking, I'm yeah, taking it back. You- <laughs> oh, you're taking the power of my hair mm-hmm. in your hands. Surely. Taking my hair in your hands. Surely am. So I got a little excited there. I, I got, jumped ahead. But yes, we're doing a great movie today. The movie is Coming to America, 1988. Eddie Murphy. Um, we chose this movie because the second one is um, out or coming out. and came, Yep, came out this weekend. Yeah, past weekend. Um, and we love <laughs> Eddie Murphy. We stan him. So... I believe it is my turn to do the synopsis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this movie is about a an African prince who is 21 and has an arranged marriage happening, and he decides that he needs to go sow his wild royal oats overseas. So he goes to America, and when he's trying to choose where he wants to be in America, he uh, looks on a map and he sees Queens, and that is where he goes. So this movie's about, uh, you know, cultural misunderstandings. He goes to Queens. Um, he pretends that he's not a prince, and uh, hilarity ensues. So, David, um, what yes. is the main thing that you want to talk about first up with this movie? Well, it's not just the main thing, but... It- I think it's important, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's Afrocentrism, right? What does that mean? So, well, basically, it's you know, like all encompassing. It's just putting like the African culture like first mm. and foremost, like throughout this movie. And some of the articles I read that said there's like parallels to this in Black Panther mm. that we can talk about a little bit later. Um, that was also pretty interesting. But basically, you know, you just have this thriving culture in Africa that this takes place in Zamunda, or starts at least, right, where this royal family's from. And it's just all, you know, like uplifting and just beautiful people, beautiful like costume design. And you see like this almost like fairy tale location and like storybook of this family, uh, this royal family out of Zamunda. Right. So interesting. So you, did you feel like it was a really positive portrayal of Africa? Yeah, um, especially because this was later in the late 80s. This movie came out in 1988. Uh, it was written by Eddie Murphy, David Sheffield, Barry Balstein. I think I might have messed that name up. And directed by John Landis. And um, some of the articles I read said there's like a lot of tumultuous uh, things going on in Africa at that time. And they wanted to like, you know, have a good positive light and kind of uplifting storybook version of africa basically caught it in this yeah and, and that was important when they were putting the script together so interestingly enough i read a, an article that had a counter opinion which was talking about how the the representation of africa in this movie was like you know kind of making it seem like super exotic and very eurocentric um you know essentially 
spoiler alert, like, you know, he wakes up and it's like a decadence. It's like, it's almost like a palace in this like jungle. And uh, the article I read was from a guy who was uh, Ghana, from Ghana, Ghanese, um, and growing up in uh, New York at the time that this movie came out. And he was saying that like, you know, people were coming up to him and probably similar to what I experienced when people saw Crocodile Dundee, they were like, do you have wild animals like in your backyard back home? So he was kind of saying like it was challenging um, this idea that it was like super exotic. And like, as we know now, because we have the internet and, you know, more access to countries like Africa is just another like thriving country. It's certainly got its own flavors, but it's not like, you know, I think they kind of like tried to make it a little bit kitschy in this film personally. What do you mean by that? Just like some of the like, I don't know, in a way, I feel like they kind of did a little bit of stereotyping. You know what I mean? Like just that like, uh, yeah, that there was like people throwing rose petals everywhere and that kind of thing. So just making it seem like very like silly, crazy. Yeah, but that's I mean, it's a comedy. Right. right? right. Second of all, they're uh, showing what like a royal royalty, royal family. Mm. You know, you probably see this with any. Uh, look at the what is it like the queen of england yeah. the stuff they do yeah right no with for like sure. the motorcades and the parades so this is just saying like taking a royal yeah. family and definitely making and it like ex- it's comedy like you're right so they're like yeah. exaggerating so it. going over the top yeah. it's exaggerated and then he's he wants some normalcy right, right? he wants to wipe his own ass that <laughs> that the... made me chuckle so hard it was like so he yeah. basically is turning 21 and he's like perhaps i could wipe my own royal bottom and the guy's like ha 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 like yeah, yeah crazy. Oh, no. very funny your highness yes very funny i don't know yeah. i i mean it's interesting obviously to talk about the different perspectives i loved like the costumes in this like i loved the colors mm-hmm. i love african culture um you know and far be it for me the white girl to be like this isn't a real accurate ap- representation but just reading the interesting counterpoints online about how you know it's like I said, I use Crocodile Dundee as like an example, you know, like there certainly are people like Crocodile Dundee in Australia. Is the majority of Australia mm-hmm. like that? No. And I'm sure it's the same, you know, with the, the representation here with the Afrocentricity. It's like there certainly probably are people living these glamorous lifestyles, but then there's also cities and stuff. And what we get is more, I think, even the push in shot in the beginning is like a castle in the jungle. Yeah. It's very like whimsical. Mm-hmm. Which again, you had to do to set this up, right? For this comedy, right? To have right? him fall so far. No, I get it. Um, to be a co- go and be a commoner, right. In New York, in Queens, New York, and be with the locals and kind of dumb everything down. And you know, he had to be poor and he wanted to live like one of the regulars. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, but you had you had to have this extravagance that he's coming from, where he's so blinded to what really goes yeah. on, like something in like one of the boroughs in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and interesting you're t- when you're talking about costume design, so Deborah Landis, which is John Landis, the director's mm-hmm. wife, um, she did all the uh, costume design for this movie. Right. So like there, one of the articles I read, she, you know, designing while black, like mm. she felt under the gun throughout all of this. And she just, you know, she wanted to do, do it justice. Um, and then recently, the uh, the lady who did all the costume design from Black Panther, in one of the articles I read, you know, she was she she loved what Deborah did for this movie. Awesome. And she incorporated all the actors like um, James Earl Jones. She asked kind of what the actors uh, wanted from the costume design, and said like he was the only one that could put a lion's head on his 
Torso. shoulder and walk into yeah. a yeah you know and walk around dealing with that carrying that much power so yeah yeah I mean again like I in reading did think it was interesting to hear about like people struggling with like the African because I mean again I am a white girl so far be it from me to discuss how it is to feel black in America because that is not my journey um but it was interesting to read this guy this particular one guy's article about growing up African and black in the South and just how, um, you know, people kind of like, yeah, just ask him dumb questions. And it made him like really self-conscious about some of the stuff, you know, again, like, do you have wild animals at home? Or like, oh, do you, you know, do you get bathed? And it's like, he was just like some normal kid from Ghana. But again, that's the, <laughs> yeah. the storyline yeah. is like exaggerated exactly. as fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean... The opening scenes are, in my personal opinion, some of the funniest in the movie. When he's like, which yeah, like when he wakes up and he like goes to try and yeah. do the bathroom and he's like, ha ha ha. And mm-hmm. like, just how he kind of like, I mean, it's Eddie Murphy's physical comedy, right? Like he throws kind of like a look oh, yeah. when these like rose bearers are like putting roses everywhere. And he's like, eh. Like, do I need that? Then him and his parents are at dinner yeah. talking through like the intercom at the same Massive table. table. They're like, oh, he's getting up. Get the rose petals out. Yeah. Or when he's getting bathed, you know, the royal penis is clean. Yes. Penis. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, and there was a lot of that, you know, like a lot of, again, so like the rose bearers and like the royal penis being cleaned. Um, there was a lot of like naked women in the start of this movie um massively <laughs> contrasted to freezing cold new york um i don't know if you want to speak a little bit more about africa but otherwise i want to talk a little bit about female representation in this film yeah yeah we could we could do jump that. into um, it yeah go ahead. well it just was interesting i'll start by saying that you know you've got these uh these half naked women yeah bathing the royal penis uh throwing flowers everywhere like it just you know, it was interesting to me, again, it's the 80s, and again, it's a comedy, like you say, but, like, just the kind of, like, overt um, sexualization when they're in Africa uh, versus, like, when they go, to, they go to a club in New York and they're talking to these women that are, like, much more empowered, you know, about, like... Yeah. It, it's just a different... It shows the differences between... But is that kind that still goes on in the world today in some of these countries, mm. right, where women don't have as much of a voice yeah. in some of these cultures even if you know they do have voice or it's their choice but you know they stay covered up have to whether they cover their head their legs anything like right. that where it's their just their culture background how they grow up so that that stuff still goes totally. on today basically totally i just yeah. thought um but, it was yeah it, it kind of i mean again like not trying to be like a staunch feminist over here and like ruin every comedy movie but like it did <laughs> rub me the wrong way i mean i know Okay, let me say this. So he has this like arranged marriage and he meets the woman who he's supposed to marry, right? Or he's at his wedding Mm -hmm. or whatever. And she's been trained to serve you from birth. And then he tries to talk to her in the in the little antechamber. And he's like, what are you into? And she's like, whatever you're into and all this stuff. And it's just like, um, is that Vanessa Bell Calloway? I believe her name is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She now I thought she was hilarious, too. Like she had great, great comic timing. Comic timing for this, yeah. When he asked her to, he's like, "If you would bark like a dog," because he, again, right? So, and we're gonna talk about like patriarchy and all that stuff. But he was trying to say, like, "I want to get to know you," 
before we get married. So he wants to have his woman to have a yeah. voice. If you remember that scene with Arsenio Hall, and Arsenio Hall's like, she's just supposed to have like a strong backside and to do anything you want, basically, yeah. right? And he's like, no, uh, what do you say? If you truly love your wife, you will value her opinion. And that's, you know, that's pretty much when they're still in Africa. So right. that's kind of his mindset. But yeah, to your point, um, she she grew up that way and it was just to serve him yeah. and do please him. And that's how she kind of grew up. And she, he wanted more of an individual. But even the queen, his mother talks about like they're sitting at the dining table that you mentioned, which is like this hugely long dining table that he ends up like walking all the way down. And it's very silly physical comedy because they're like so spread out. Um, but he goes and sits down there and like asks his parents if they loved each other before they met. And his mother basically says like, well, I grew to love him over the years, you know? And so it's, uh, did you see that quote that King Joffrey, Joe first said, uh, James Earl Jones, there's a very fine love between love and nausea. Yeah. And she gives him a look like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there was that, and and then, like, so another thing that I was kind of, like, it rubbed me the wrong way, I was, like, he's, like, I must go to America and meet a smart girl. Like, he's essentially being, like, like, Africa is huge. I don't know how big Zamunda mm-hmm. is, but, like, there's no intelligent women at all here. Yeah. So, like, what? That he couldn't get to know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but, and the thing is, like, uh, what, the United States, China, Russia, like, India can all fit into the landmass that which is africa right but he must so, go to, to new york point, and find yeah. a wife i mean that's the conceit of the and film it was either la yeah it was la or new york yeah. and they flipped there's the no car. other places london yeah. power yeah. yeah no he's gonna be there <laughs> let's go to yeah, let's go to queens yeah. that sounds right but again you know that's that's why it's funny uh, they i saw this interview with uh eddie murphy and he was talking to nas and they're talking about queens and he's like why you know why queens he's like man that's just something that was funny when we were writing it because like, he's a king. king go to fi- or prince go to find his qu- yeah. yeah let's go to queens yeah no for sure <laughs> i totally love that joke but yeah it was like okay like so he's saying that there's no smart women at all in this country or like yeah you gotta fly a million miles away from to a woman that has nothing in common with you like doesn't know your culture um so that was one thing that yeah. stuck out to me and then you know, in speaking about like these half naked women, um, I w- read this one article, which I thought was very interesting, but it basically said it's a lot of objectification of women. You know, it's these beautiful women, their breasts are out, they're very beautiful and sexy. Um, but also that like the women seem so accepting of their sex- sexual exploitation, like they're so ready to jump in and give a Sunil Hall's character a bath or, you mm-hmm. know, like the royal penis is clean. Like they look delighted to be washing yeah. his dick. To be the service. Yeah. yeah. So very yeah. interesting. Um, and then, of course, you go to America and he's got like these women who speak their mind and like are definitely more sexual liberated, sexually liberated. There's mm-hmm. one woman who's like talking about how a man can't satisfy her and like they're sh- they're shocked, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but that's what he was looking for. Right. A woman that speaks speaks her mind. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the right to choose to the, the wife thing. I mean, or the husband slash wife, the, the marrying for romance. Like there are still are so many places in the world where arranged marriages are the norm. And I think for us in like America and Australia, particularly if you're like not like with religious backgrounds, like you and I are not, like that seems so crazy to have a an arranged marriage. But I think that's why this movie did well in America because, you know, Americans like typically don't 
don't have that unless you're from a culture where that's a big part of it. Yeah, that you're still adhering to. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because Lisa, you know, who Eddie Murphy ends up with, that he falls in love with, she's going through the same thing he's yeah, going through. Yeah, it's interesting. You have, like, these overbearing, you have an overbearing, like, parent, like one of them, that's saying, you're going to do this. I set this up for you. Like, um, James Earl Jones's character. And then, um, I believe, what's the, what's the dad's name? Um, I, I forget. Um, yeah, but, you know, he's doing the same thing with, with Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, uh, you're going to marry this guy he's from a good family there that he's the heir to the soul glow empire mm-hmm. and that's just what it's going to mm-hmm. be so they're they're both yeah, kind of going through the same the same lifestyle yeah and they just want some control over their life right so yeah and no it's interesting and i think that's what draws eddie murphy's character to lisa's character uh sorry i keep calling eddie murphy akeem and lisa um <laughs> mm-hmm. you know they both have these yeah p- fathers that like want them to live a specific life very focused on like marrying the right person, the right girl. And that kind of leads to the status in this movie. So, uh, you know, the eighties, like, I think they give us a pretty good look at New York. I know for a fact that New York in the eighties was pretty gross and crime ridden. You kind of see it in the train. There's like tons of graffiti, but, um, yeah, her dad is like so obsessed with her marrying this heir to this hair glow fortune. And then when he finds out that Akeem is a prince, suddenly, like the guy rings the bell three times and he just slams the door in his face. Yeah. He's like, baby, he's when I say he's got his own money, he's got his own money. And he hands her the hundred dollar bill with his face on it. Yeah, That's that's John Amos, Cleo McDowell. Uh, And he's a business owner. Mm -hmm. right? McDowell's McDowell's. Yeah. They McDonald's has the golden arches. They got the golden arcs. Right. 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 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, like, one of the conceits of this movie is that uh, Akeem wants to find a wife that is not that wants to marry him for him. So he wants to marry for love. He wants to marry an intelligent woman. Again, we've covered there are no intelligent women in Africa, according to him, um, at this time at all. Which I'm like, does, does that mean that he's acknowledging that they need to educate the women there? But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so he's in America and... He's pretending to be poor. Like they walk into this boarding house and he's like, we want the poorest accommodations. And then at one point he's supposed to bring Lisa back for dinner. And he's like, and and he is like, I live in a very humble place, blah, blah, blah. And then his roommate slash servant has bought all this shit and made the house nice. And then he like slams yeah. the door in her face. And she's like, is it because you're ashamed? Like there's just a lot of talk. No, there's a very big rat. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a, and then she's like it's there's okay. just a lot of talk of like status and um yeah but interesting. Uh, to, right because he had to go that way mm-hmm. to be able to take that shine off of him basically so that someone could see him for who he is which lisa ends up doing right so if he came in just stunting on everybody, rocking all his gold. Which stuff, he does in the beginning. Butlers. He does. He does rock well, yeah, up to a, up. He rocks up to America yeah. looking like, like everybody's kind of looking at him, and it's like at the airport. This guy is for sure rich. Everybody. Exactly, and he he had to take those layers off so that she could see who he was, and then right as they were moving along. This is a sweet guy. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I don't care that he was a goat herder and now he works cleaning at McDowell's, yeah. right? He sweeps I, the I floor. like him and yeah. she's she they have a romantic date and they're dancing in a restaurant. 
So David, where, I, I think, where you live is so noisy. Oh, I, I mean, it's two blocks from you. What I you know, but about? I feel like... You can't hear yeah, that? I, can, I can't hear it outside my window, but I can hear it outside your window. Yeah, that's, Welcome to LA, that's like baby. Que- Queens, I New know. York in, in the movie. The sounds of the city. When Eddie Murphy's singing, he's like, to be loved, to be loved. And his neighbors are like, shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> it made me love New York. I was like, oh, yeah. Because I feel like in L.A. you'd start singing out your window and someone wouldn't even care because everyone's an actor or a singer out here, you know. Yeah. You're right. Um, she has to like love. It's it's kind of like a Cinderella story. Like she, exactly. you know. Yeah. But I will say, I just thought it was interesting. There's a lot of references to money. There's a lot of references to status. And I was trying to think of the context of this movie. Like the late '80s, early '90s was mm-hmm. the dot com boom, and like people were just making money, you know, in different ways and and skyrocketing to wealth. So yeah, I thought it was very interesting to see like the the dad just switched like he li- like Eddie Murphy's character Akeem lies and said he's a goat herder and his dad is just yeah. so fucking dismissive oh yeah and uh same her dad. with Lisa's boyfriend yeah yeah he throws that shake at her and he's like take care of this and he he says at the basketball game he's like y'all wear clothes there right or whatever yeah but and yeah. and you reminded me I forgot to talk a little bit about Lisa's boyfriend like just going back to the the patriarchy and the status and the money and all of that, I guess it's all kind of connected. Like he tells Akeem, uh, you got to tell a woman what she wants, you know, and he's so used to getting his own way because he's this like heir to this like hair product throne that, yep. um, by the way, maybe you should try some of that. Maybe your hair grow back if you, <laughs> you just spray it on top of A something. little bit of soul glow. Yeah. It's yeah, like a miracle grow, like through. a chia pet just starts growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, was very Daryl Daryl Daryl's character very interesting to see the dad shift and and also there's the the Louis character the big white guy that works in the kitchen I love that actor by the way Louis Anderson Maurice he's like I'm on lettuce now year from now I'm gonna be assistant manager yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) just like working your way up in the in the system and I thought he was a sweet character. I thought he was. Yeah, he's positive, yeah. and he's hugging Eddie. That's something I loved about Eddie too in this whole movie. He was always just smiling, no matter what was going on, and he just wanted to experience just regular life. And yeah, has Eddie has know, people are, has Eddie you dumb fuck? And he's like, eh? he's just smiling at him. Has right? Eddie Murphy had his uncut gems moment, or is he just always doing like a serious yeah. role? Yeah, I mean, he he was in Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls, he and he that. did Dolomite is my name, which is a great film. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. You're right. Like he is very smiley in this movie, but then I was thinking back to like a lot of his movies, and he's a very physical actor, and he is very smiley. Like that's he's got a giant smile, so I feel like his signature yeah. is just to be mouth acting. Yeah, but to to come out of Africa and he's had his ass literally wiped by other right. people his whole life, 21 years, and then he's thrown into New York City. But and that's because he's he... just walking around with that same like air of confidence. Right. And this is this like life is good. And then he's he's mopping because and he's he's hitting on Lisa. I think, and he just loves life. I think right? to be fair though, it's like you know, it's that's kind of like coming from a place of privilege. Like if if this is a vacation to him, like trying out the real life. Of course, he's yeah. not going to be dragged down like someone would be that is actually working, you know, 12-hour shifts, mopping floors. Like, for him, it's a... Definitely. 
It's yeah. a mental break. But to come where he came from and then, yeah, be throwing that situation, which uh, I don't know if you saw that. Um, they shot most of this in Brooklyn, oh, not Queens. Interesting. Yeah. And the McDowell's was actually inside of a Wendy's. Oh. There we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, fast food work is hard. And people who work there, like, you know, I feel for them because it's like long hours. It's repetitive stuff. Um but I think for someone like him, his character that hasn't had any life experience, of course, it's like exciting because he's yeah he's taking ownership, you know, like it's an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure for him. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, you know, going back to uh, Louis's character, too, um, I really enjoyed in this movie how there weren't too many like white characters and also that there wasn't really too much diving into like a white versus black situation. It was more like a African versus like American, African American, you know? Yeah. So, so when you say like, you're glad that there weren't many white characters, you're just saying that I like stories that are, you know, it doesn't have to be, I mean, sorry, hate to say it, but like, sometimes I get a little sick of like this cis white man, main character, like in this, this character had layers like you were talking about. And also Mm -hmm. like, you know how, I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast, like the diversity checkbox, you know, some people it's like, there's like this one black character or this, you know, this and that. I liked that this movie was about the African-American community and like different cultures, yeah, just different and just like different representations. And the fact that this movie made so much money and was so in the mainstream, I think it really, Again, not to get too heavy, but I really think it showed that you can have a film that is like majority people of color cast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that goes back to the Afrocentrism, right? And some of the stuff I read comparing this to Black Panther. Mm. You've seen that movie, right? Of course. Wakanda forever, baby. Wakanda. But what was Wakanda? Wakanda was Zamunda. It was Zamunda. Yeah. It was, yeah. 30... 25 years later mm-hmm. because it was this rich culture that was way ahead of everything else techno- technologically and then what did they do on the world stage they were representing you know like farmers and stuff like that when they had all this technology and they were way ahead of everybody See, on the world stage were poor right? right so they were doing the same thing although that, i w- that eddie was i doing. would make the argument that in wakanda and i think why people loved Wakanda so much is like they are a strong warrior people we I mean we definitely saw like the air and like the you know the wealthy family and stuff like the in Wakanda Mm -hmm. but I think it was more tribal and also more warrior centric versus like in this film it's again it's a comedy and um, Black Panther is a Marvel movie but in this movie in Coming to America it was a bit like campy again it was like showing like the silliness of this fake royal family whereas in wakanda it was like they were warriors but i'm just saying like the afrocentrism both right right are both fantasy Mm -hmm. both made up and they're both uh thriving way ahead of the outside world right right? um however zamunda became rich and then wakanda technologically Mm -hmm. and then represented themselves outside Mm -hmm. as like no i'm just the average person Basically. And then you've got so, yeah, disgusting some... New York in the 1980s. <laughs> um, didn't look like a super fun place to be, but then again, 
we live in Los Angeles. Yeah, we, so. we live in Los yeah, Angeles. Exactly. We, have, we have the beach. Yeah. But also just like how Long gross trees. the city looked, you know, like back in the day. And it was just, yeah. I know it was to show like a disparity too between New York and like Africa, which was like so clean and beautiful and fresh. And mm-hmm. then you go to Queens and it's like garbage in the streets and like the snow <laughs> is brown and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. That lady threw the trash yeah. out of her window and he's like, America. Right. You, you know, you can just throw glass. In the yeah, street. he loves it. Amazing. He's so excited. No, but going back <laughs> to the race thing. So, yeah. So, Louis Anderson, like, I loved in the kitchen setting, like, you know, he's working for a black business owner and he's, like, trying to work mm-hmm. his way up. And then, But there wasn't, like, it, they just didn't even go into it, like, the black versus white thing. Like, they're on the subway. It's very, it looks very multicultural, which is New York. You know, New York is a melting pot. Yeah. So yeah. I loved that, but and there are other funny white characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, the taxi driver, mm-hmm. the lady at the check um, cashing place. When yeah, she was funny. Arsenio Hall, Semi was trying to get the money. He's like, why not just go for a million? Yeah, she thinks he's you know, an idiot. To, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. And to, to your point, though, watching this movie every time I've seen it, that's never popped in my head. So, mm. and I would like to enjoy movies mm. that way, right? Where all I'm thinking about is story, characters, good characters, funny, sad, uh, romantic, happy. And I'm not thinking about white person, black person. But but I think the thing, the problem is, is like nowadays it's like race is almost, I've seen it in scripts. You know, I read a ton of scripts and it's like, this is something I steer away from when I'm writing. I never denote race in my character descriptions. Mm -hmm. And I've had discussions with fellow writers where it's like, they do put the race in because they want to show that it's a diverse cast. But like, I think that like in movies today, not every movie, but like, let's make a blanket statement right now. I think if you are a black person doing something, there's oftentimes like a, a a backstory attached that might not even be relevant to the story. Like it's an assumption, right? Because of where, where we're at right now with like, political climate and stuff like that in this movie i just like they just don't even go there like the woman mm-hmm. at the western union doesn't think this guy's being crazy because he of the color of his skin she just thinks he's being crazy you know yeah to, to your point though this pops in my head so when you're talking to these other people all these other writers mm-hmm. right where are these writers from the u.s because you might US have writers perspective yeah. exactly so what i was and i was thinking i was making dinner the other day if our culture in the U.S., if we there, say there was no slavery, mm-hmm. right, and we treated people from the LGBTQ community fair and didn't disparage women mm-hmm. and women had equal rights. So if all if our history was just all of that, right, everybody equal playing field, I feel like we could make any joke we would want to about a, a, just a person, right, anybody, and it would just be fair game. Right. Because every, every, like... People wouldn't be doing it for like to be hateful Mm -hmm. or to put a group down Mm -hmm. or to marginalize somebody. Right. So it's just kind of interesting. You coming from where you're coming from. You're not even maybe thinking about it. I was like, no, this is just this is Bob and Cindy. Yeah. And (laughs) in the script. And it doesn't matter if they're black, white. I think we automatically, you know, like if you read a certain name or I read a certain name, maybe you imagine them a certain way. And I imagine, you know, like if we have two, let's say we have two androgynous names in a script. Let's say it's like. I don't know an androgynous name off the top of my head. Alex and whatever. Let's say there's two Alexes in the script. Like you might assume that they're men and I might assume that they're women because of like our experiences. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all of that to say, 
I enjoyed how this film really didn't touch on race, except for the fact that Eddie Murphy does whiteface, right? Yes, and, I, and this is this is a conversation, but at the same and then and there's no to me, it, there's though, no such thing. Is there such a thing as whiteface? Like blackface I, is well, there's there's got to be right because we got to just have the conversation because it's a, a character, somebody of a different. You know, his ethnic, he's playing he's playing race. Saul, and he's clearly like kind of making him like an older Jewish man, right? Older guy, yeah, older, yep. And but here's the thing for me though, and it's kind of like the same scenario with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, <laughs> which you love. That's like, like your favorite it, character. It, but that's what I'm saying. Does it raise any flag in your head that Eddie Murphy's um, doing this this older white gentleman? Because there's nothing negative about him. Right. right, and he's and he's got some hilarious jokes, and he's like bitching at people, and he's like, "Ah, oh, your putzes, your three putzes, yeah. and the name on the door should be the three putzes, right?" And it's and he's got comedic timing. Well, it's Eddie, right? So, um, and this is the first movie he's done multiple characters. By the oh, way, oh, interesting, because uh, then he went yeah, on to so do the Nutty Professor, where he played like Nutty a Professor Norbert, right. um, Vampire in Brooklyn, also John Landis film. So, but that's the thing, and and I would like to hear other people's perspectives, especially yours. You know, did, was that something you that popped out to your head where you're like, oh, he's doing whiteface, but it's like, well, oh, is, it, is it negative? Because it, it's not I'll, like Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, it wasn't like, yeah, that was a crazy portrayal. Um, uh, was it Mickey Rourke? Yeah, yeah Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney. Um, okay, so first thing I'll say is I, the first, so I had never seen this movie before and then I took an edible, a lot of edibles. I took too much by accident <laughs> and I, st- I watched it for the first time. And I paused it, and when you pause a movie on Amazon, in the US at least, it tells you who the character, or like who's playing the characters on screen. And I paused it at this one point in this scene, and it just said Eddie Murphy four times along the bottom. And I was like, is Amazon <laughs> glitching out? And my, or is your brain my glitching, brain glitching? And Scott was like, no, that's him. He's play-. My partner was like, he's playing all of these characters right now in this barbershop. And I was like, no. I like I don't just couldn't accept that he was playing this like older Jewish man, and then of course I like, watched it again, not under the influence, and also did my research and realized that yes, it was him. So all that to say that my brain was glitching, but also it didn't <laughs> offend me. But I am also not Jewish, so I wonder if like a Jewish person would be like, this is a stereotype you're playing to, similar to kind of the point I was trying to make earlier, which I don't think I made very well, where like. Again, I'm not African, but like I wonder if yeah. someone from Africa would be offended by this crocodile Dundee-esque African portrayal. Yeah. To me well, and um, you, we you know, we're like it's comedy. Yeah, I let some stuff slide, but it, for me, I didn't know it was supposed to be a, a Jewish old man until I was Research. reading about it. Right? Yes, yeah, soul. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It didn't say. Like in my head, right? It wasn't like oh, a negative portrayal right. of like a Jewish person. It was just an older right. um, white gentleman. But it does it so does that's... raise the question though, because like blackface is so blackface. I think is so offensive because it's rooted in slavery, right? Yes, yes. Um, when Robert Downey Jr. does it in Tropic Thunder, which was such a fun movie to review, and you love everything about that character, you quote you quote it to me all the time, which I love. I mean, for me as a white person. I felt uncomfortable for that portrayal. You were like, no, it's funny. And it was kind of making a commentary on 
Hollywood and how fuck on Hollywood how fucked yeah, it is. What people would do to win prizes win Oscars and stuff. Yeah. Got yeah. like a pigment transplant. This mm-hmm. this one is slightly different than that because it's like there's no white face rooted in slavery. Um, I mean, first of all, the prosthetics in this were ridiculous because again, my high brain was like, no, that is not <laughs> yeah, Eddie Murphy. Really what good. the fuck? Um, but. I'd be super curious to hear if someone from the Jewish community was offended by this or if they just Me as weren't, well. you know? Yeah, because, um, yeah, and I would love to walk around in prosthetics like one day as an older person. An like older person older or an older day. white man? Yeah, <laughs> just oh, like an older me. I think that'd be hilarious. But, yeah, I, I would love to see if, you know, people were offended by that. But at the same time, it's at, like, I just thought older white New York. Right. Right, that's the way he talked, and in a barbershop with all the other yeah, fellas, the dudes, and the other Eddie talking of, like Rocky Marciano. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the other thing. I think that was to me the only real mention of race, like versus like being a noob to New York from Africa. It was never about like black and white, except for that one scene in the barbershop where they were talking about boxes, and he's like, every yeah. time, it's like Joe Lewis got his yeah. ass beat. He's by like, Rocky. every yeah. time someone brings up a white boxer, this is the only person they can mention. Rocky. They talk about Rocky Marciano. Yeah. 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 He's like, well, he beat Joe Lewis's ass. (laughs) Joe Lewis was 78. Yeah. Yeah. I just love, like, all those characters. And a couple of them are are sitting on Hall as well. They just had so much fun in those scenes, you can tell. Right. Um, I do think it's like (laughs) it became Eddie Murphy's thing where it was like he probably read a script and he was like, if I can't play at least four characters, I'm not doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. By the way... Um, prosthetics are, from what I've seen, like it's a process to get them made. You have to have like nos- like straws up your nostrils. You sit there in like latex dripped all over your face. I'm a little claustrophobic. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't know about you. We should get a we should get somebody from prosthetics. To be yeah, it'd be great. I know some peeps. Yeah. Um, still but yeah, so that was just funny. Like the the race, the the white face. Um, again, I was not offended. And I don't, that's the thing. I don't think Eddie did it to be offensive. It was like a funny character yeah. that he could play. But, mm-hmm. um, yes. Yeah. It's like mix it up a little bit within that barbershop group. Yeah. Super interesting to see. Uh, yeah. There's just the lot. It was, le- this movie was less about race and more about status and more, and also maybe to go further into it. Uh, maybe it was like about, you know, people born in America versus immigrants. Like, cause he was kind of like a newcomer. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. movie's called coming to America, which is the American dream. Like I'm an immigrant. I moved here. I want the American dream. There are so many people who come here for a better life. And by the way, like <laughs> how privileged am I? Like I moved here for a better life from Australia. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. And that's the thing too. Cause I've been, I, I backpack in Europe for a while. I went to Barcelona. And if you've been to Barcelona, that's how you say it. Barcelona. Oh yeah. I, I backpack in Barcelona, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, but so there's a ton of, Everywhere I went was like a free country, mm-hmm. right? And you you can make it there, mm. and you can do cool shit there, right? So I'm just kind of curious. Well, do as you coming from where you come yeah. from, 
do it do you think the US still has that shine uh, for the rest of the world I think that it that it once was I think it's coming back I think you guys lost it for four years or so um, recently no <laughs> um, no I mean listen I think the American dream is the thing that's still depicted in movies and I think that's something that this movie played on like coming to America he's going to the land of the free the home of the brave like he has so much freedom as a prince of a country yeah. I mean he doesn't because he can't wipe his own ass but you know what I mean like he can do whatever he wants he has three sexy women with no tops on throwing roses at his feet, um, washing his penis, you know, it's great. Yes. Um, but so do I think, I don't know. The American dream has probably changed. I think the American, um, mentality towards immigrants has definitely changed because it used to be like, you know, we're a country of immigrants, but you know, racism has always lived in America, whether it's slavery or, you know, certain immigrants being prized over others. Like I'm not an idiot. I'm Australian. I speak English. I'm educated. I'm white. I'm fairly attractive. Like I have a much easier time with immigration than somebody who came here who doesn't speak English or is brown. Or has a tent. Or has a tent, has melanin. And for me as an immigrant, this is getting a little personal, but like I do feel the call to action to speak up for those who have a different experience than me as an, as an immigrant. And I think in this one, in this movie, we see a little bit of the like condescendingness to the new person. Maybe it's less about race and status and more about like, you know, he has an accent. Outside. Yeah, he's yeah. got an accent. He kind of dresses funny. They call him when he walks to the barbershop. He calls him Kuta yes. which is actually uh, interesting because John Amos, uh, Mr. McDowell, he was in um, Roots. That's so. Again, we watched this. Yeah, we watched this on Friday, super high, and Scott. My partner paused it and told me this long ass story about Kunta Kinte, which I could not repeat to you right now because I was feeling <laughs> uh, the marijuana, um, but like kind of got the gist of it. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of racist, right? To be like Kuta Kinte and then it, his, his dad. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Or is it funny? It's funny, but like then the dad shows up and then he's like, I'm looking for my <laughs> yeah. son. And he's like, oh, he means Kunta. Like, it's just like. Yeah. Is it is it xenophobic? Like. So is that racist or is it something else? Is maybe it it's like xenophobic. Because it, it's cultural, right? Like xenophobic. Oh, maybe it's yeah, just because it's just like it's just like calling. You know, it's like picking a random like Chinese last name, and if you have a Chinese name, they're like, oh yeah, like the Changs, and like that's not their name. True, but in this instant, it was <laughs> it was a black. Wait, did uh did Eddie like as Saul say it? Uh, yes, as Eddie as Soul says it too. Okay, see, but that's what I'm saying we get we could get so down like a rabbit hole because if if that if somebody with like a Asian last name but it, it's some like says some somebody else right they call another Asian person calls that person oh something. it's Jackie Chan maybe derog- yeah. right but it's derogatory but it's an Asian person maybe like same culture calling that same culture so I was thinking like if it's a a black guy called another black guy Kuta Kinte. Like, are we calling that racist? Yeah. Though? Well, he's I mean? a black guy it's, playing it's a white a guy. guy <laughs> playing a white guy. <laughs> right. calls, so, yeah. It gets and then I still, dicey. I still, that didn't raise any kind of flag in my head at all. I was just geeked out. Yeah. You love <laughs> like, it. You love Kunta it. Kinte. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it would be like if, you know, you had an Australian neighbor and they're like, hey, I'm looking for Bruce. And they'd be like, who's Bruce? Oh, you know, Crocodile Dundee. Like, that's not really offensive because yeah. it's like, ugh. Anyway, it gets, it gets really... <laughs> 
interesting because again it's yeah. like yeah he's a black man playing a white man calling a black man another <laughs> black in joke so yeah. way to go eddie you really yeah. you really played with the nuances there you made <laughs> exactly. made us think like a violin yeah. buddy um <laughs> but yeah this movie yeah interesting you said you had a bunch of fun facts about the film yeah so um paula abdul did the choreography mm. for the opening scene yeah okay. i think she was working on one of janet jackson's tours she was the la lakers girl uh-huh. and she met john landis and she was like he was like oh you're are you, are you a teenager are you young she's like yeah and she just said you know she would tell people that when she was younger when she was trying to come up and then she would go figure it out so oh, even she knew though how to she, do looked, it. she was young, she might not have known fully how to do mm-hmm. it. She said she'd just go say, yeah, I can do this. And she'd go figure it out. So I thought that was kind of cool. Wait, can I, yeah, the can I tell you something yeah. about the that that dance scene? I don't know yeah. if anyone can relate to this, but like sometimes if I enjoy the marijuana, things seem to take like a really long time. And that dance scene <laughs> felt like it went for so long. Was it long? Yeah. Was it long? Or was I just like... It was a, it was a little longer. And your, with your mindset, I could definitely see... I just remember just turning... your watch and be like, wait a I minute, just turned to Scott and I'm like, are they still dancing? Like, listen, don't get me wrong. I loved it. <laughs> also, I couldn't take my eyes off. I feel like they had like a white woman in the front kind of... There was one girl in the front who I was like, I don't know if she's really African. Like they did... Have a lot of African dancers back there. That was a big. It was dance a lot number. of people, um, yeah. but I was like, huh, "Hang on a second. Um, they had to get the people together again. You know when you get a little high and then you start fixating on shit. Um, I was like, f- yeah, I I just felt like every scene took a long time. You can hear the clickety clack of the dog in the background, um, and I, I'm almost done my uh, ginger beer and whiskey, which is what I'm enjoying this evening. Sorry, continue. No, um, so yeah, like Queens wasn't Queens. I shot at McDowell's in a Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney Portier, mm. uh, Portier was supposed to be um, King Jaffe at one point, and then James Earl Jones got it, right? Uh, Miss America, Vanessa Williams at the time, was in the running role for Lisa, ah. and then they went with uh, Shari Headley. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, Eddie's first time playing multiple characters. I thought that was really interesting. And then, um, I guess John Landis and Eddie clashed on set a little mm. bit. The director and Eddie, even though they had worked on, um, what was it, Trading Places, mm. you know, a few years before that. Um, this was like one of Eddie's main movies, you know, coming out as an actor. And I guess John Landis thought he was like, just had a really big head. And, Interesting. You know, was wasn't the nicest to some of the people on Eddie set. Eddie had a bit of a big but, head. I mean, yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, that's that's one person's take. Right? Yeah. They had a good working relationship, but he said their personal relationship changed after that because he thought that Eddie thought he was a superstar and everybody had to kiss his butt. Well, I mean, he was a superstar at the time. Yeah. Eddie Murphy yeah, came out with so Everything many. he touches is gold. Seriously. And, I mean, even now, he is working so hard. I mean, I think that's probably because he also has a lot of kids. I read that he has a lot of kids, so... He's probably yeah. going to support a lot of people, but I mean, yeah. he's been crushing it for years. I think, I mean, he has a baby with, he many... has a baby with scary spice. Uh, uh, spice up your life. Yeah. He took it to heart and he did. <laughs> he was like, okay, I, I guess <laughs> but, I will. I mean, 
with that many with that many kids, I think they'd all be straight if he stopped working with all the royalties he's probably right. getting. Right. Right. Almost all the stuff he did. Do you want to talk about? Uh, unless you have any fun quotes, uh-huh. I kind of want to go over um, that so- the song lyrics. From, Hit me. Uh, Let's go. Oha or Ona or whatever. The uh, the she's your queen to be. Okay. Hit me. Do you remember yes. this? Well, vaguely. Yeah. Again. <laughs> she's your <laughs> she's your queen to be. A queen to be forever. A queen who will do whatever. His highness desires she's your queen to be. A vision of perfection, an object of affection. To quench your royal fire, completely free from infection. (laughs) To be used at your discretion, waiting only for your direction. She's your queen too. I mean, <laughs> it goes back to the overly sexualization, the sexual exactly. exploitation. like From a woman being trained her whole yeah. life. But that, I mean, when he's singing it, when he's like getting introduced, yeah. uh, I think it's a hilarious scene. But if you actually listen to those lyrics, you're like, She's holy shit. She's your queen to be a queen to be forever. A queen will do whatever his highness desires. She's your queen to be a vision of perfection, an object of affection to quench your royal fire completely. Yeah. I mean, again, like I am trying not to be so sensitive about it, but like this movie, whew, I was like, I'm curious to see the second one, you know, to see yeah. how they, they tackled it. Cause I know that like some of my favorite actresses are in it. Like, um, what's her name from SNL? Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones. I love her. Yeah. And, and Mage, wait, oh, sorry, not Mage Sinclair, but, um, Lisa is in it. Oh, again, great. I believe, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to have like their take. Um, yeah, we'll have to watch it, uh, which is cool. But and then to that, like you're saying, try not to be sensitive to this stuff. But did they have to jack all that stuff up so he can say like rebel from that a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm sure it was like a device. But of course, yeah. you know, we have. To, I do think we have a duty to be somewhat careful of like what we put into movies and film and and TV because it's like, you know, people take a lot of cues from popular culture. And I know that like, you know, someone would hopefully be like, well, this is silly because obviously this yeah. isn't real, but you just don't know. Um, Cause they eventually went against that though. Right. So his mom like champions. Yeah. His, being, his mom champions it to be able to think. And, but I mean, and even towards him, to, him and her to choose even towards the very end. Like, so the family goes to Lisa's, dad's house and um he the dad like corners her and he's like you're just a plaything." like you know he's got a wife back in uh back in our country and like it's just like it, it was kind of weird i mean as much as eddie murphy's character changed then like spoiler alert she gives up her whole entire life in america and goes to the to zamunda and is gonna be his bride like comes down the aisle lifts the veil, bam, it's her. Yeah. 
But he said in the train in New York, he'd give it all up for her. Yes. And then when they're in the chariot driving out after they got married, again, he's like, I'll give it all up right yeah. now for you. Yeah. And, and she, she says said, no. Nah. Because she ends up being yeah. materialistic. I did have a problem with that. Um, yeah. So he, she does, he says, like, should we give it up right now? And she's like, nah. She looks around. She's covered in diamonds. And she's like, nah, we're, we're good. Which, again, like, the status thing. And maybe he was right to try and find a bride that didn't know who he was. Because clearly... Five minutes in in Zamunda, and she's like into it. She's like, "Cool, yeah, wash my penis." Because <laughs> through, because wash my penis. Because through the movie, she wasn't like that. No, right? um, she was like, "No, I just he's a sweetheart, and it's not about money." Even though her his sister, her sister was, her dad mm-hmm. was. Oh, we didn't even talk about Patrice. Holy fuck, I forgot yeah, to write that down. She, I, f- I ain't saying she a gold digger. It's not only that, like, <laughs> there is some severe sexual assault happening in this movie. They go. To, oh, yeah, under the jacket. They go to a basketball game and she jacks him off in public. And he tries, tries to. Tries to. Yeah, he jumped up and he said, Yes, in the face. Yeah. And then he, he halftime, which is another hilarious scene um, when those guys from Zamunda who are like pop selling popcorn. Yeah, they run into him. <laughs> Oh, just somebody I met in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. No, Patrice is like, I mean, she's like a real antithesis to a lot of the female characters in this. She's sexually liberated. She goes after what she wants. I mean, she definitely is a gold digger when she finds out that, or she thinks that uh, Asidio Hall's character is the prince. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then ends up with Daryl, right? Ends up with Daryl, the glow, hair glow man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that character, I remember writing that down. I was like, oh my God, imagine if the genders were reversed in this, you know, and a guy was trying to finger someone at a basketball game. Yeah. That, in this, not, in, in this no version, go. it's like, oh, she was trying to touch his dick, but it's like, okay, that's still <laughs> assault. So. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But Chill beans. Chill like, beans. I feel like in the U.S., it's, it's not, that's not really a big deal. If it was reversed, like you said, then it's like, holy shit, yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah. Somebody you just met for the first time. So, which is kind of goes into my question for okay. you. So, beautiful, gorgeous women right out of the gate. Um, you know, my girlfriend watched this for the first time today, too. She sent me a picture of the movie. She goes, oh, I, I see why you like this, right? Boobs. Um, you know, kind of poking fun at me because of boobs, right? But if we're, you know, hashtag free the nipple. I know what you're you're getting at, right? It was their status and station, right? They were servants, so mm-hmm. they kind of had to do some of that so stuff. So it's like it's a bit little, icky little, with the sexual, yeah. Exactly, but if they were just kicking it, hanging out at their own free will, do we have an issue with that? Because there's been movies where it's, it's been kind of reversed, where there's this woman, you know, chilling out, and there's a bunch of dudes just yoked with their shirts off, um, servicing, you know, that woman, sure. right, bringing her drinks, stuff like that. So are, are we, uh, from a woman's perspective, are we just cool with just just boobs, just hanging out because it is just, you know. I mean, like the boobs, they're just the boobs. boobs themselves didn't bother me. I think it's, yeah, it's like what you were saying. Like when you put it in the context of like these are the servants, they are yeah. required to have their tetes out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. Why didn't the queen have like a bunch of guys with dicks out? You know what I mean? Like if we're being like gender equality over here. Yeah. Because King Joffrey, he says, um, (laughs) James Earl Jones is like, do you not sleep with your bathers? You know, your bathers? I know I do. I know. And And then we were talking about that here and it was like, 
cool. So he's just admitting to cheating on his wife in front of her. <laughs> yeah. And the wife is just like, In oh, front of his son, God, too. you're so, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I don't think he said it in oh, he front didn't. of Just to his, his they like, son. Yeah, but, but you told your son. Yeah, you know, that's weird. Cheating on his mom. Yeah, yeah it's so fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Um, this movie, it was my first time watching it. Again, like, I probably won't try and watch another comedy that we're going to cover, like, while I'm high. Because I feel like I get weird. I, like, I'm, like, analyzing the acting. Like, when Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy were doing, like, the fighting sequence, I felt like I was... Because I was had eaten a little too much chocolate. Um, I felt like I was in the room with them, like, giving acting... You know, like, your brain just plays tricks on you. You get a little over Yes, and I could, like, see the take that he did. I felt like I was the Think director, you know... Because okay. I do think there was a little bit of overacting at some points. Because um, it's a stylized movie. It's meant to be over the top, right? Yep. It's not realistic. It's not grounded. Yeah. Um, but, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, comedies, you got to sit back. If, if you do anything, it's, you know, have a couple of drinks yeah. and turn your brain yeah. off. Yeah. Um, do you have someone that you thought you should call out from the crew? Because it takes a village. I do, and I alluded to her earlier. It is the um, Deborah. Oh, I guess did she change her name? Oh, interesting. Um, well, yeah, Deborah. I don't know if it's Landis or Nadia Doolman. Maybe they N A D O O L M A N. Maybe they yeah, maybe divorced? they broke Whoa. up or something. But um, yeah, I thought the costume design was great on this. She did Indiana Jones, mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. She did the Blues Brothers, um, and. There's so many different costumes in this, and yeah. I read that her Lisa's dress at the end mm-hmm. is a big deal, you know, in movie history mm-hmm. with with you know up there with some of the other top dresses. So for her to do all those different designs, she did the de- costume design for the um, at the restaurant at McDonald's, mm-hmm. right, with the black and red theme, mm-hmm. and they, you know, it's a African American store owner, but that's kind of like Scottish, mm. right? With the hats they were wearing. Well, because his last um, name I, I thought, sounds Scottish, McDowell's. McDowell, yeah, a little bit. Um, so I thought it was interesting. And then John Landis also directed the thriller video, ah. Michael Jackson. So there's a lot of red and black themes. Like she made the jacket for thriller, that red leather jacket, right? So there's like when they're on the swing set. He was wearing like red and black, mm-hmm. and so was she. So there's a lot of that. They're like woven through the movie. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so Deborah, thank you. This movie, you know, wouldn't have been as cool without you. And we see and appreciate we see and you. Appreciate you. Okay. Well, I went with something similar. It's funny that you picked her because I almost picked her, and then I was like, I bet he picks her because she's it's so <laughs> iconic. Um, but I chose Cheryl Kearney, who was a set deck for this. Um, she also did Adam's Family and Poltergeist, and I thought the set deck for this was really interesting and cool. Um, like especially the apartments and the stoop and the barbershop. And then like, obviously the palaces were really interesting. Um, But Cheryl is 74 years old now. It said that on her IMDb and uh, she is still doing stuff. She's got some kind of recent credits. And I think that it's badass to be, you know, kicking it and working in the film industry. I hope she's doing it for love and yeah, we see you and we appreciate you, Cheryl. So thank you. Yes. What do you... We appreciate you. What do you think? Well, you go first. Okay. Do you think this movie aged like milk? I do think this movie aged like milk. I think... I mean, it's not like the most rancid milk we've ever had, but I definitely think it's expired. I am curious to see 
how they tackle some of the stuff in the second movie. I think, I think it's, you know, I mean, this movie came out in 1988. So what are we now? 40 year, 43 years difference from when this movie came out, right? Wait, 88. No, uh, I'm dumb. No, 30, yeah. Cause I was like born in 88. How good's my math? 33. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it did age like milk. I think it was there were some things in it that I personally just couldn't get over, like the sexualization of women and like and all of that. And I appreciate that it was stylized, but I'm very curious to see how they handle it in the second one. So yes, second. how about you? Okay, I don't think this movie aged like mm. milk. All right, I think they figured out some kind of additive and maybe that's why Zamunda had all its money because they, they profited off all of this. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm geeking out exactly the same how I, I did when I first saw this movie a couple times. I watched it a couple nights ago, watched it again this morning. I was laughing at a bunch of different parts, right? Each time I watched it. I, I agree with you. That's a, a little... You know, putting these women in that position, it, it makes you when feel you when a you dig bit into icky, it, you're like, mm, yeah, yeah. But on a com on a comedy like basis, right? It's um, it's they were building this up so he could tr- he could detach from right. it and say, I'm pushing up against this. How we're living, how I'm my life supposed to be set up, how these people are throwing roses at my feet. And then same with Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I kind of give it that pass for me mm-hmm. that they had they built all this up because it's a you know it's a comedy and they built all this up so that he could right um, it has to be ridiculous know, rebel, rebel right. against it yeah and it's over the top and that's what makes it funny right and I don't know I just I just I love this wait movie. I do have a, I forgot to ask you a couple questions though so like knowing that you don't think it aged like milk so what happened to the woman he was supposed to be betrothed to <laughs> he like she's still hopping on one foot okay she, he told never her told to her to stop and also because I was like she was raised to do this one thing her whole life and now he's just yeah. mar- low-key marrying this other girl like is she right. fucked like <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, Um, also I'm curious to see in the second one, how they, you know, how this girl from Queens adapted to life in, in an African country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's probably getting massages every day. Oh, I'm sure she's getting her Royal penis bathed. Um, bathed and cleaned. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just wondering how they, how they deal with it. When are you going to watch the new one? Um, I'll watch it this week. Um, have you read any reviews about it or anything? No, I'm trying to stay away from it. One came up with that part of this movie didn't age well that we spoke about with the sex over sexualizing mm-hmm, women mm-hmm. and you know the servant gals um, and how they addressed it in the new one. And I I shut that article off because you that wanted point, to enjoy I don't it. Want any spoilers? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. Again, I don't think it was the most rancid, um, and like we've talked about in the past, like sometimes you just put that spoiled milk into like your scrambled eggs and you just deal with it and you know so if those women are just sitting there boobs covered with just like a towel they're not in there with him bathing and they just hand him a towel when he's done does this movie age like it's not about the boobs though i think it's about the no i'm just saying they're not sexualized right they don't have to service him they don't have to wash him they're just sitting there right um, still... fully clothed and they just have to throw him a towel because uh-huh. that's their, that's their still... job 
they're like women they're women butlers if they're butlers then they should be able to dress a little less yeah i think it's but that's what i'm saying they have clothes on right uh yeah i guess yeah take that part out does this age like milk to you i still think like there was like other things that gave me like an icky feeling the misogyny like you know the the boyfriend and stuff like it wasn't just that like that was obviously like a big part of it but again like i think they handled the race discussion pretty well um the status thing i don't know like and like the coming to america like literally the title of the movie the way that they portrayed him as an immigrant coming to america like none of that felt that off um but yeah and i'm also curious to hear again i hope some of our listeners reach out to us and tell us if they were offended by the white face by the white face yeah me too i i wish i hope as well that we get more interaction with people you know as we grow i i hope to see that where we can engage a little bit after we have our conversation and bring it back yeah yeah um cool i also want to shout out samuel l jackson he was in oh that's right he was as the as the mcdowell's robber right and then he basically did the same role in pulp fiction yeah he gets in just no yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, David, for introducing this movie to me. Thank you. Um, yeah. As always, check your fridge. Make sure it's not spoiled. Gross milk is gross. That's our show. Please connect with us on social media, and we look forward to talking to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>